Hello, everyone. It is your host, Elizabeth Fieri. I know you're used to hearing our lovely intro music first, but this time I have to give a little PSA. I might have goofed up a little bit in this episode, and it might be a little hard to hear Nate, our guest, and I wanted to apologize. I'm not quite sure if I fixed it properly, and that's with the delay of the episode. I tried very hard to fix it. We used the same microphone, and somehow, even though we were equidistant from the microphone, he is far, far away in sound. So hopefully... The story comes across the way that we wanted it to. It's a very important story for me. And if somebody knows something I don't, feel free to DM us at TalkAboutFacts, T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S on Twitter Instagram. And I'm happy to re-upload it to make it a little bit better. But without further ado, here we go. I apologize that Nate is much softer than me. But then again, in real life... I'm a very loud person, and Nate is very much not, so this kind of tracks. Thank you! sound just kidding if welcome to another episode of let's talk about the facts and we will start with talking about the fact that i am your host elizabeth fury and if you hear any harumphs that would be my co-host and dog amy she harumphs if anyone stops petting her and she has decided to sit on the couch with me today and my friend and often guest. Hello, hello. This is Nate Ruger. Uh, in for whatever exciting uh, uh, conversation we're having today about uh, something criminal, something spooky, something unsolved. We'll see. We will see. And so stay tuned at the end, though, because despite the fact that I probably shouldn't have done it, I went to Disneyland for the first time in my whole life. <laughs> Yes, with this guy next to me, and we're going to take a quick aside at the end of the story and tell you how it was. Ooh. And it wasn't Nate's first time, but it was my first time, and let me tell you stories. Okay. (laughs) And she's already harumphing. Sorry. Sorry for the harumphing pup. Actually, no, I'm not. There's no way I could ever apologize for this ancient lady. She's 15 years young, and I Mm. love her more than any of you. Yes, I would sacrifice all of you for my dog. Get that in your head. She's worth it. She's worth it. Yep. Check the Insta. You'll see the beautiful pup. Um, Okay, so, Nate. All right. How's crime life been treating you? Uh, I have not encountered any crimes lately. Maybe crimes of fashion? Well, yeah, every time I look in the mirror. Um, <laughs> well, so, so fine. So, so other than being a crime against the nature of fashion, otherwise I'm doing just fine. That's fair. I'm not going to even disagree with that because that was a good slam. Uh, <laughs> so today we're actually going to talk about a crime slash a drama moment in time 
that inspired a hit film. Do you want to guess Ooh. which one it is? Crime that inspired a movie. Uh, I can't think of one that's been like a big hit movie that's been based on an actual because everything's based on uh, intellectual property now. There, there's Searchlight. That's like the only, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Negative, but you oh. know me, I tend to go back. You do, you do. Uh, witness. No. I mean, I do love Harrison Ford. Who doesn't? People who are wrong. That that's her. That's that's totally fair. Uh, and no, it's not Sam Shepard, which is another Harrison Ford movie. If you guys don't know what movie I'm referring to, go home and watch it. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is upset, except no, he's not because he doesn't care. I don't care. Today, I'm going to actually tell you about the crime that inspired the film nominated for seven Oscars. Ooh. Uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, oh, that was that was inspired by something real. Truly, truly. So our English director slash writer, Martin McDonough, was inspired to write that film's script when he took a trip through the United States like 30 years ago. Isn't that kind of bonkers, though? Like, no. That was 30 years ago? When he took his trip. Jeez. Yeah, I told Jeez. you. this is, We're hopping in the Wayback Machine here, Sherman. Oh, yeah. Um... So, he saw three small signs off of I-10, which, for all of you who do not live in California, we don't put the in front of certain highways, but those of us who do live in California, we put the in front of every single highway. So, we Californians would have said the 10 instead of I-10, but see, I grew up also not in California, so somehow I can just switch between that with no problem. So, three small signs off of I-10 near Vidor, Texas, east of Beaumont. And you ready for what they say? Uh, no, what? So, first one. Vidor police botched up the case. Second, Mm. waiting for confession. And the third, this could happen to you. Interesting. So, of course, that's pretty impactful, no matter who you are. And Martin McDonough, he obviously had these three sayings and signs stick with him for many years. And it led him to write the script about Frances McDormand, not not her character, Frances McDormand, um, who publicly goes after local police, as one should. Yeah. with billboards for not solving her daughter's attack and murder. So, um, a quote for McDonough was, it was this raging, painful message calling out the cops about a crime. Um, and the title came from the concept, and then the concept came from the image, which stayed just in my mind for years. What kind of pain would lead someone to do that? It takes a lot of guts and anger. So... Of course, you're wondering, what's the real story? Because all he did was see those three billboards and not know the story behind them. He actually didn't even remember where they were. Yeah, yeah. Texas (coughs) is very different from Missouri. Uh, Yes. There are some similarities, but 
if you took someone from Ebbing's, Missouri and Meter, Texas and said, you guys are the same, I don't think they would agree. Uh, yeah, somebody would be getting mowed down with a monster truck or something. <laughs> and from which which state? I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Before we move on to the real story, I just wanted to point out uh, for, for anyone who is, is keeping count at home, uh, uh, Martin McDonough, the director, is British, but he is not English. He is uh, a... Uh, he's the son of Irish parents. Interesting. Uh, yes, yeah. The this article is wrong, then. <gasps> no. Uh, that's a common misconception some, some folks uh, make. I mean, it, it can be semantics for us Americans. That British is anyone from the UK who's a citizen there. English is specifically from England as opposed to Wales, as opposed to Scotland, as opposed to Ireland. Um, he was born in London, but uh, he is of Irish descent. So he is English. He's British. Because he's from the British Isles. But he was born in England. But his parents... Th- this is one of those so things he's, that's... So he's Brit- English-Irish? British? He, he was born in the city of London, but... Two he, Irish parents. But two Irish parents, correct. And that's why I think if you watch a lot of his movies, they're very Irish and about... With Irish actors and Irish settings. And... But is it like in America where you can have two American parents but be born in France, but you're still an American? I feel like... Yes, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. it's all British to me. Yeah, but I, I just know from my time in, in England that they keep very close track of where you come from, who your parents are. And... I'm just gonna throw down though that I got English specifically from a Cro- Houston Chronicle article. Okay, Houston. So I'm not gonna say Texas fucked up, but maybe Houston did, and <laughs> you can. Write them a nasty letter and ask them where they got their sources. I feel like some of those um, nasty letters may come from other Texans going, yeah, Houston messed it up. Yeah, so I did my best, but also I could have dug deeper, but that's not the story I'm here to tell. No, no, I, I'm here for for the main story. I just didn't want you any angry letters. Actually, he's Irish, and, and I just did Yeah, that I don't need I'm any sorry. film bros today. But, sorry. hey, film bros, direct your anger at someone else. Yeah, please. However, at least I, I said his name right. I mean, true. Where's my bonus points for that? Nowhere. It's it's Merton McDonough. I think that's how it's pronounced. Merton. Merton. Go feed the chickens. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I think what's worse is that you know I could do a good impression, but why bother uh, when uh, I can just do Merton? Go all feed right. the so, so we're on our way to uh, Devito or Texas. And uh, I'm on what... my way to hell. <laughs> clearly. Clearly. <laughs> well, not quite. We're not on our way to Vitor, Texas yet until I give names. Okay. okay. We gotta start giving names because we're in Johnny Cash territory right now. Oh, and so we're gonna start with James Fulton, the man who put up the billboards. Mm. All right. And he is the father of a lovely woman named Catherine Fulton Page. She was a married mother of two whose body was discovered in a May 1991 car accident. But it does seem that foul play was afoot. Hmm. This is one for Benoit Blanc because it is 100% that kind of foul play okay she seems to have been strangled prior to being placed in a vehicle okay oh okay so yeah so so definitely something along the lines of like 
was strangled elsewhere and then moved to make it seem like something happened in the car instead. Yes. There's a lot of inconsistent details. So, 34-year-old Kathy Page. Um, We're in 1991, actually before I was alive. She had recently split up from her husband, Steve. They had two daughters, and they were living with Kathy in the family home. Easy enough. So the night of her death, Kathy actually was heading out for some drinks and needed a babysitter. And you know how babysitters go. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're not. So she just decided, you know what, I'm going to call Steve. It's not like it's he, the, he's their dad or something. Yeah. And he was like, hey, can you check out, or check out, sorry. Can you look after the kids while I go out? You know, like, easy easy thing to ask you know yeah, you're not yeah. expecting anything from an like soon-to-be ex-husband obviously like you would expect a soon-to-be ex-husband well okay this is 1991 now if it was a soon-to-be ex-husband now i would have a shotgun <laughs> but um i've seen too many like you know snaps yep and um he steve comes over she says that she's going out with one of her friends, um, but in reality, she was actually going on a date and uh, meeting. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't tell that to your ex. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's girls just awkward. Night. It's girls' night. She's meeting her new boyfriend at a hotel in Beaumont, a few miles away, right? Steve agrees, heads over, and Kathy's still getting ready. She leaves around 11 in her car, heads to the hotel, okay? So. Um, the next morning around 5 a.m., Kathy's black, uh, mercury tracer, which I have never heard of before this, was found in a ditch a hundred yards from the home. Kathy was dead in the driver's seat and the crash appeared to be an accident. However, when the police arrived, they said something was wrong with the crime scene. So there's a detective named Ray Mosley and he said... Direct quote, Kathy Page was not killed in her vehicle. She hmm. was killed at another location, cleaned up, redressed, and placed back in her vehicle. Redressed, yuck. After the vehicle had been rolled into the ditch. Dun, dun, dun. That's really weird, right? That also, like, I'm, I know I'm at, like, you know, the first ten minutes of the Law & Order episode, but, like, my suspicion is on the X because it's, like... How did they know to, unless it's like a freaky coincidence, to drive the car and roll it a hundred yards away from the home? Feels to me like they wanted it to seem like she was on her way home from girls' night or whatever. And then... Amy! Uh, Sorry, dog. Technical canine difficulties. <laughs> um, I, I'm just... Yeah, it, it feels like the ex-husband may have just, like... But then, what was he doing there? How did he find her? Did he, like, leave the kids behind and go looking for her? Questions. Questions. So many questions. So the car's at an angle. Nose first in that trench, right? Kathy, however, is bolt upright in the seat with her head back against the headrest. But she's not strapped in by a seatbelt, right? Mm. Her purse has not, you know, in the classic, you know, car... You remember in elementary school or, like, uh, middle school? I don't know if this happened to you because we grew up in different states. Mm-hmm. But um, they had the drunk driving thing 
where it would show like the interior um of a car if you weren't wearing your seatbelt what would happen and it always had the purse flying and the contents like flying all over the place yeah yeah that makes sense yeah uh her purse was just sitting on the passenger seat and um no not spilled the no. can of open soda was still sitting there and oh the, that's a tell right there right yeah and the exterior of the car wasn't damaged here's a kicker so she had like a two mile per hour accident is what happened she like fell asleep at the wheel no i don't buy that there was also grass on her clothing despite being found fully inside the car yeah that's suspicious so detective ray mosley who i mentioned before he goes up the road to Kathy's home and knocks on the door. Steve Page opened it and he you know, sees Ray Mosley. They've grown up together, right? <coughs> Sorry, we had a choking on air moment. Uh, basically, Steve Page has grown up with Ray Mosley and tells him that his wife has been found dead. Then we have Steve Page, who becomes upset. He wails in despair. I think if it had been socially acceptable, he would have torn his hair out. But he doesn't cry. Which, of course, we don't oh, judge... telling. Yeah. But we don't judge people on their grief. Like, everybody no, 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 handles no, no. grief differently, but when you oversell it, that's the, uh, for me, that's the, like, um, having experienced grief that I don't need to go into details on, like, for, especially with men, I, I feel like, uh, I'm doing a lot of uh, generalizing here, but there, there's usually a sense of shock and the, and the tears come later. Like, yeah. there, there's the processing, and, and, and anyone can grieve however they can, you can burst into tears and fall on the floor, but to, like, wail and gnash and scream but not actually show emotion on your face is to me borderline so it's got a sociopath quality of like i'm going through the motions of what a regular human looks like when they hear bad news like oh oh no she's died oh i didn't know about that until now is how it kind of feels to me that's yeah it, it feels like a bad john Mulaney delivery yep 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 my wife is dead. Oh, no. Exactly. And it's like, you know, um, it seems like you know a little bit more than you yep. um, do. Maybe I don't know. So Detective Ray Mosley recounts. He said, well, his wife was not home and directly looked straight down the street towards where the car was. Uh, Steve seemed to be quite upset. He began to cry. And at times there is self on the couch crying. But yet he would jump right back up and we were talking and there would be no signs of tears in his eyes. Mm -mm. This seems strange to me. I need to meet this dude. I need yeah. to I need to talk to him about this whole quote situation. Anyway, nobody talks like that. No. But you know what? I got this this quote from another article. So you know what? Write to that newspaper also yeah yeah um so kathy of course is taken to uh the hospital and you have the morgue autopsy is performed and guess what it shows that she had been strangled her nose had been broken prior Ooh. to her death 
Oh, God. was blood in her underwear, later confirming that she had also been sexually assaulted (sighs) by someone who had had a vasectomy. Oh, Oh, wow. Oh, yes. It's very, very interesting. Yep. There was also blood found on the back of her neck and transferred blood onto her clothes, which investigators agreed that she'd likely been killed elsewhere, reclothed, and placed in her car. Yeah, clearly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you something. So you've you've heard of crime scene photos, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, they're pretty standard. Yep. Ever since we've had a camera. Yeah. Uh, we have photos of the black dahlia. Oh, I didn't know that. That that goes way far back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. Uh, we have photos of just about any crime you can think of that isn't pre-camera. I'm not liking your garden path voice here. Do you think we have photos of this one? We should. Oh, oh, of course we should. But do do we? <sighs> just tell me if just tell me if there are any photos. Oh, there was a camera. Okay. It was snapping photos. Great. For for you listeners at home, I am holding my face and pinching at my nose. There was no film in the camera. Come on, are you serious? Uh huh. Just like someone's like make believe pretending they're a photographer. I mean, they must have had some sort of intern do it, because this Clearly. intern was like, fuck this job, pay me. And, um... And, like... There's no photos. There's it, no if... documented evidence. Okay, I'm betraying my age here a little bit, but, like, having used uh, cameras, whether they're the, you know, little snap like cameras that you get at like on your tables at weddings or whatever the heck yeah or um or if it's actual like bigger thing you can actually hear the mechanism whirring of film moving through that like you also feel the weight of the film in yes the camera. and so if you don't have that in the camera it, it's like someone who uh is a trained professional in firearms picking up a gun and going oh there's no ammunition in this like you can feel the difference in, in yeah the... i hate that in tv when they're like Oh, I'm gonna fire this shot, and I'm like, you know what an empty magazine feels like. Yeah, yeah. Like, what are you hoping for? One more bullet that's not part of eight? Like, Jesus. Uh. Or so that, my that... favorite is when they unload a magazine and it still has more bullets. I'm like, how many bullets were in this magazine? Because yeah. you just fired off twenty four shots, and that is a handgun. I I. <sighs> I sadly have a feeling that this is not the only thing that went wrong with the investigation. What what else do you have for us, Elizabeth? Well, we're going to talk about Kathy's date. Okay. We're going right. to call him Tom. All right. He volunteered his help in the investigation, passed a polygraph, and he was never considered a suspect in the what? murder. He also gave his uh, DNA. He told the investigators she had left his hotel room around 2.30 a.m. and had driven home. And he said that she had been wearing white jeans, a gray top, a watch, her wedding ring, and earrings, and a full face of makeup on. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold on, hold on. This is this is her date that night? Yep. Okay, and that's not at all what she was wearing uh, when found in the car. Mm, however, when Kathy was found, bare face, no jewelry, and missing her socks. <sighs> yeah, not liking that. Find it interesting she wore a wedding ring to the date. I'm just trying to think, like, does, does that make this guy a suspect or not? 
Mm. How are you missing your socks? Yeah. I mean, how is it? Un- unless you're you're going uh, in high heels or something like that. But it, I, I still. But no, no. Like he he said, you know, had a whole shebang on. And uh, yes, you can get your shoes knocked off in car accidents. That's not uncommon. Yeah, but but to get your shoes and socks knocked off and then your shoes knocked back on. That's impossible. That would be hilarious. Impossible. Impossible. And I mean, I've never heard of getting a makeup knocked off. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was scared so much. I, I think uh, if you invented a product that could knock all your makeup off so you could go straight to bed, you would be a billionaire. That would be so funny. You, you just like press a button and then poof, it's all gone. Oh, my and, pores would love it. Yeah. So Kathy has a sister. Mm-hmm. Her name is Sherry. Not Cherry, but Sherry. And she would later state at trial that Kathy is bare face, bare as a baby's bottom, was part of Kathy's nightly routine of removing her makeup and jewelry and getting in the shower just before she went to bed. Oh. I, too, have a nightly routine that I follow strict to standard because I have to, otherwise I forget to do things. And... That would be part of my nightly routine, would be first to take off all my makeup. And if I wore jewelry, which I do not, I cannot stand metal on my skin. Um, it would be take off that and then, you know, begin the shower proceedings. Totally. So all of that just made Kathy's appearance make sense in the car. That means that she had to have made it home. Yeah, that's just now clicking. That, like, maybe, like, whoever committed this horrible crime waited that that's why the car is only 100 uh yards away is that they knew she was this was someone who was looking to attack her at home but how do you do that she had kids there right how did she, they she also had her ex-husband there <sighs> yep yep so kathy uh wherever she was she was very comfortable in being there aka her own home yeah so here's the other question. Where's your jewelry? That would yep. make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. So most state investigations go. Um it got a little weird, right? Yeah. The first thing you do nowadays mm-hmm. is you question everybody who's an immediate um circle of the person. And if they seem shifty, kinda like the ex that that's that's that someone you, you, you yeah. keep in, in investigating and and looking into and and seeing if their their story and their facts don't check out with your story and your facts. Let's say Amy the dog goes missing. First person I'm going to question is her spouse and we're going to name him Larry the dog. Okay. And Larry would be the very first person to be questioned, mm-hmm. right? Where were you last, uh, when was your last encounter with uh, your amazing dog, Amy? Yeah, let's talk about everything. Um, Steve wasn't questioned right away. (sighs) Neither were the daughters. Oh my gosh. Two days later, Steve was asked to go to the police station to answer questions. And look, I'm not nearly as much of a crime junkie as you are, but... I think anyone who is listening in knows the first 48 hours of any crime are the most important. They literally have a show called The First 48. For that exact reason. Like, what even? I can't. So, during Steve's interview, he tells the police, right? He and Kathy 
had sex that night before she went out. Um, either mm. it was non-consensual mm, yeah. or a lie. Yeah. But guess what? Steve had a vasectomy a few months earlier. Uh, he is ringing, he's going down the checklist of everything I need to know to, to want to cuff this guy. Mm-hmm. So let's take a step backward, okay? Let's figure out why Steve and Kathy were even together in the first place. Darling Kathy met Steve when she was 21 in Vidor, right? Steve was an insurance salesman. Okay. He basically, you know, wooed Kathy. And she had a lot of interest from other men at the time. They married in 1981 and their oldest daughter, biggity-bobbity-boom, right after. Their second daughter was four years later. But, you know... Ten years into the marriage, it was over. Kathy asked Steve for a, di- a friendly divorce. Which kind of seems like, at least from her perspective, as little as we know, kind of where we're going. We're like, we have kids. I have a thing I'm going after. Can you look after the kids that are our children yeah. that you also love? You know, just do do your fatherly job babysitting. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we both stay in each other. Our kids' lives. Oh no, another doggy technical difficulty. Harumph. <laughs> so, as an amicable divorce, which is very. It's actually not as uncommon as one may think. Uh, Steve moved out only a few days before Kathy was murdered, and he was living in a condo nearby to be around their children so it makes sense again that she would ask him wait Um, wait. from what's the timeline between divorce and her murder um i'm not sure when she asked for the amicable divorce but he had moved out oh the moving out yeah yeah just a few days before okay yeah just like i said just going down the list of of suspiciousness yeah uh, he tells investigators that they were working things out, but Kathy's sister told them that that wasn't the case. Kathy had moved on, and we know that, because Tom was in the picture. Yep. Uh, Kathy had told Steve that she was meeting her friend Charlotte that night for drinks, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, Steve naturally, being a man, does not believe her, and he calls Charlotte in the middle of the night. Like, dead-ass night. And Charlotte picks up the phone... Even though Kathy asked her not to, because it's the middle of the night. She was asleep. And and back in the 80s, if you get a phone call on your landline, because no one had a mobile phones in 1981. 91. 91. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, no, it's still the same. Yeah. Uh, the only phone call you're getting in the middle of the night is someone in your life has died or is in the hospital and you need to... It's an emergency. It's an emergency. Yeah. Um, so... You're not getting memes texted to you at 11 p.m. Shut up. <laughs> on on your landline phone you're, you're getting emergency phone calls <laughs> shout out to every friend that i text memes to at 11 <laughs> um jay Blythe, all of you thank you for putting up with me nate deal with it <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying apparently <laughs> there's a lot of cats that get exchanged true cat pictures the the currency of the internet um so steve obviously knows that his wife wasn't out with charlotte and Charlotte's phone number, under that, Charlotte's phone number was the number for the hotel in Beaumont. So, obviously, he calls that next. Yep. Um, 
So I'm, I'm just realizing all he needs is to hear a groggy, just woken up from sleep voice go, hello. And he just knows that Charlotte is not out getting drinks with, with his, his ex. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve was announced as the prime suspect in Kathy's murder later that day. Oh, thank heavens. At least they're doing that right. Jeez. But he claims innocence. Of course. He says that he received phone calls from an unknown person threatening him with the same fate as his wife. Oh, no. Star 69, an idiot. Um, for all of you who don't know what Star 69 is, Google is a, an option. You can even bing.com that. <laughs> he claimed that he tried to help this investigation, but wasn't needed. And the police, quote, dragged his name through the mud. Yeah, so they said that the police dragged his name through the mud. And I'm like, you know what? I don't feel bad for you because you murdered your wife. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine, uh, like, being called up for any kind of, like, official government court date and being told, well, well, I don't want to be involved, so I'm not, I'm not going to go. <laughs> hey, do you know anything about your wife's murder? Maybe, but why are you, why are you talking bad about me? Yeah, I just don't really want to be involved with this, so so I I can't. I've got a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's called uh, messing with evidence. Um, anyway, so he tells the Daily Mail. I don't know which Daily Mail because there's so many, but he tells one of them. We don't have any evidence. It's not me. That's the police's responsibility. They didn't help me out one bit. They have smeared my name to hell and back. Well, you know what, buddy? You kind of did that one yourself. I'm just going to throw it down. They can't really prove the absence of evidence, but um, they actually do have evidence against you. So, like, mm, yeah. Could, could you imagine, like, this to me is totally filling in this, like, sociopath narcissist vibe that I was getting at the beginning of, like, I think anyone that has any shred of empathy, if you found yourself being, um, like, falsely accused for someone you cared about, even if you had a divorce with them, like, uh, if you had someone who was an ex who was murdered, you would feel some sense uh, and of shame or sadness that, like, their life was cut short. Like, wouldn't you want to find the bad guy? Exactly, yeah. And, and so, he doesn't care. And, like... To come out to reporters right afterwards and, and not talk about how, like, I want to find the killer. I want to find the person who's responsible. Right now I'm a person of interest. I think the police are going in the wrong direction, but I want to point them in the right direction. And and if you have any tips, call. Yeah. And, no, he's just going, he's just, he's making entirely about himself rather than this woman who was murdered that he cared about, apparently, at some or point. Or didn't. Ugh. She must have just been arm candy to him because I'm over here th looking at it going, Okay, so we've got this guy. They didn't help me out one bit. They've smeared my name to hell and back. I'm like, I actually think you just did this to yourself. Yep. Because all they're doing is trying to find the a killer. And what you could have done as a, as a husband who is a prime suspect is say, okay, why am I a prime suspect? And what can I do to clear my name? But also, what can I do to help find this, this person who is... Yeah. Like, you know, killed my wife and the mother of my children and my daughters aren't doing great. Like, 
how is my family? How is her family? I did care for this woman at one point. What about me is so similar? Like, was I framed? I mean, obviously you just said that you assaulted your wife before she went out. I mean, doesn't make any sense. Um, so there was a situation, um, where he pulled up all the carpet in his house because he had cut out a piece of carpet. Wait, when? Where, where, when did that happen? It was in the living room. No, I mean, like, did, did that happen close to her disappearance? Uh, after. Yeah. Mm. So there's a piece of carpet cut out and it was allegedly burned and then he pulled up all of it and replaced it. Burned, right, yeah, yeah. Rather than having blood seep through into the woodwork of the home. Yeah. Sure. And, um, yeah. So, and then, like, his family's like, no, Steve's innocent, he would never do anything like that. That That's what every Family. parent says about their kid. Yeah. Usually. Sometimes. Usually. I've, yeah, sometimes Usually. I've read a case where, like, the parents are like, yeah, no, he did it. Um, the police never arrested Steve, and their lack of action pissed off Kathy's family so bad Understandable. that her father was convinced the police were covering for Steve because he grew up with the police force, like the members of the police force, and his parents were very friendly oh. with Detective Mosley's parents. I was honestly just about to ask that, like... The- what is the relationship between the police and this guy? Because, like, he is, he just, like, for your average, like, you know, young detective who's, like, fresh on the case is, like, just handing them a case on a silver platter. Like, he was there near the scene of the crime. So easy. He just, like, it's almost like, just tie it up with a bow. Here you go. He's Here's the killer. Yeah. Uh, James Fulton painted signs to attract attention from people passing through Vidor in hopes of pushing the police department into investigating the case further. And that's the police on their way to do so. Yep. Um, so the signed statements have included Steve Page brutally murdered his wife in 1991. Vidor PD does not want to solve this case. I believe they took a bribe. The attorney general should investigate. James Fulton, her father. Wow. The sign includes images of Steve and Kathy. Steve eventually left Vidor for Houston in 1995 following the creation of these billboards. Um, Hence why I got the article from the Houston Chronicle. Um, After Kathy was buried, the flowers left at her grave were often found scattered among the cemetery on more than one occasion. Ooh, that shows that the killer is visiting her grave. That's creepy AF. Jeez. James Fulton hired a PI. Oh, yeah, that that's, that should solve it right there. Who's messing with the flowers? He caught Steve Page on camera kicking flowers and marking her grave. And if I remember correctly, now this is all, he, this is hearsay, because yeah, yeah. I do not remember where I heard this, but, like, he pissed on her grave. Oh. Yeah. Um. Mm, yeah, that's, that's... I'm sorry, defecation? Or, not defecation, but, you know... Desecration, yes. Desecration. Yeah. But if you pooped on a grave, that would be... That like, would be defecation. Also, like, I'm sorry. He did it. Yeah, you don't... That... Allegedly, I, he did looking it. looking for, like, uh, 
you've had another guest on the show, perhaps my favorite other guest, uh, Vaughn, who, <laughs> um, I, I may have heard the word elsewhere, but I think he, the, the way he used it on uh, your podcast is perhaps one of my favorite uses, is the caucasity. <laughs> and I, like, what is what is i want to go even narrower like what is the male caucasity of like you murder a woman in cold blood and then you see that other people feel sad about it and leave flowers at her grave of the woman you murdered and then you literally have to piss on it to show that it's yours because you're a man like that oh my god the misogynicity, misogynicity. Hit us up and let us know. Tweet yeah. us, e- Gmail us, whatever. Just like I, I gotta know. There's gotta be a word for like the the ability to just like murder a woman and call up your buddy at the police, going, "Hey, you can uh, tidy this up, right? Just don't take any photos, right? We'll be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be good." My God, I'm just like. I bet you that's why she wanted a friendly divorce, because she's like, if I do anything else, this buddy is gonna annihilate me. Yeah. Um, uh, we could go down a whole different other um, rabbit hole. I remember watching a special on, on gun violence in, uh, and most in America, and a good degree of it happens uh, in domestic situations. And a good degree of it happens when a woman tells her husband... Either I want a divorce, or I want to separate, or just, like, any shift in power where she's like, I want my needs to be met above yours, which we've been doing for the last however many years since we got married. Yeah. And that's when the gun comes out. And so it, it's it's understandable for, like, can we do this in a friendly way where you don't murder me? And he lied. And the answer is, uh, no. Um, so during the trial... There's a video of Steve kicking the flowers at Kathy's grave, and that's shown. And other accounts came to light. According to Dorothy Fulton, sorry, I said that all, all <laughs> awkward. Dorothy Fulton, Kathy's mother. She arrived at Kathy's home an hour after her daughter's body was found. Steve had a scratch on his nose and Yuck. was pacing the living room, wiping his hands. Despite how early it was, he had also been doing laundry, and there was a fresh wash hanging up all around the house. So much guilt. Just so much guilt. Yep. So, Dorothy and James Fulton had also visited the house four days after Kathy's death. This is the carpet thing. Yeah. They had personally witnessed... What what time of year was this? May. Oh, yeah, and I was... that was just clicking that like it was if it's hot and it's in summer in may i could definitely imagine like a couple days later in the heat you're like oh god i smell the blood crap and then then you start digging up the carpet yeah um they witnessed steve and some of his family members trying to clean the carpet in the living room so they said that they were working on one spark of spark of the carpet, and according to her testimony, that's the moment her husband realized that Steve had killed their daughter. Yep. I mean, gosh, this is what I mean by the, like, specifically, like, toxic male caucasity of, like, if this guy had any sense of premeditation, he would be like, oh, we're just getting rid of all the carpet. Yeah, I just, it reminds me so much of her or something like that, and and I I just want to tear it all up. No, just, like, this one spot 
that looks real weird we're tearing up the carpet here that's so suspic oh god buckle mm. up buckle it up uh, I, I need so many buckles it took three years to get the district attorney to sign off on a warrant to search Kathy's home, any evidence that could have been in the house would have been long gone. Of course! the trial was mostly made up of witness accounts. I'm going to go to the astral plane and we'll come back when I'm done screaming. (laughs) That's how I felt about life. That's how I feel about life right now. I want to know how close the cops were with this guy. Like, were they at the same fraternity? I I got the sense they were butt buddies. Just, oh, God. They have to be butt buddies. Clearly. Um, So Steve had also told police that all of Kathy's watches were missing, but later found all except the one she'd been wearing the night she died. What a a coincidence. I couldn't remember which one she was wearing until, like, someone reminded me. And then now, okay, I found... They're all back. They're all back. Um, He also denied calling Kathy's friend Charlotte the night of her death. But had already told others he'd spoken to her. (laughs) Whoops. So, um, Steve is found financially liable for Kathy's death. And he's ordered to pay $200,000 in 1991 dollars to the Fultons. That ain't bad. Yeah, I, I don't remember how much that is in today's dollars, but it's a lot. But it's also something along the lines of I like I think it's close to a million. Th- it's a lot, but it's like still in 1991 dollars. Is that going to put one of those kids through college? Probably both. Probably both. Probably it, yeah. With a, but it, it's still like that's it. It is just like you are now raising your daughter's kids daughters yeah you're now raising your grandkids away from your you know who should be your son-in-law but is actually like you know the person who murdered your daughter yeah and uh you have just enough to help raise them Mm -hmm. that that doesn't it doesn't even cover it it doesn't cover enough like no no enough for therapy even god goodness no um so He's also found guilty of repeatedly vandalizing her grave. So, whether Steve Page did kill Kathy or not, the police investigation was flawed from the start. When the car was found, of course, the usual steps weren't taken to ensure all evidence was preserved, including the photographs I told you about that. Evidence was lost because police did not cordon off the crime scene. And, besides the no film in the police camera... They just lost things. <sighs> this was the same year as Rodney King. It was, so, like, it was the year right before. Year, right before? It's 91 and Rodney King okay. writes for 92. Yeah, I, I was just thinking. Oh, um, police across the country were just No, trash. yeah, yeah. And, and just thinking, like, where was the national or local trust in police at this point? And I, um, I'm just, I'm thinking at this point. In just, Texas, it should have been fairly decent. Yeah. Especially because this is a mostly white community. Just for me, like, I, I've served on jury duty once and I was so excited to, to, like, actually be involved in the justice system to, like, make a difference. And it ended up, uh, the defendant didn't even show up in the last day of court and it was canceled, basically. Um, oh, gotcha. But uh, what got me, I remember is, like, 
within a reasonable doubt. That should be where you get them. Yeah. And, like, to me, there's enough, just based on witness accounts, within reasonable doubt. Like, if you watch, show me a video and you tell me all of the circumstances of what Steve's been up to. Yeah. And show him, like, uh, going to what should be a grave where he does what he did for the with the police where he falls down wailing or something like that or yeah. like leaves his own flowers to the mother of his children instead desecrates it and and, and yeah. kicks over the flowers that to me is like mm, well i don't know i think you did it essentially what happened i'd hang that jury is the oj thing where he didn't go to criminal court he went to civil court and is found guilty but it's not a civil crime. It's murder. It it I mean, yes, you're you're not wrong. But they didn't have the evidence to convict him because it didn't it didn't exist. Yeah. And they made sure it didn't exist. Because <sighs> they didn't um they didn't take pictures, they lost shit. Um any evidence from Kathy's home that may have led police to the killer? disappeared by the time a warrant was issued three years later and really you could in like i um that's like an obstruction of justice entirely completely and um, and that's why the 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 father called uh was it the, the attorney general yeah of the state yeah um so for steve page he went on to become a carpenter and he remarried and has a very young girlfriend boo he sent his daughters to live with his parents in Alabama. So they didn't even get to stay and live with uh, the parents of their mother. So there's a blog. And, and didn't stay with him. No, 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 no. Well, I don't think they not, could. Not that I, not that I think they should. Yeah. But like, it, it just shows it's where clear. his heart is. Yeah. Like, he literally like, I'm done with you. I'm sending you away. And. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with a woman who's half my age. Yeah. So there was a blog called A Billboard in Texas run by the daughter Erin. She wrote about the relationships she had with her father and grandfather and about the updates on the investigation that has stalled since its reopening in 2018. Oh, wow. Um, And then the younger daughter, Monica, passed away several years ago and is remembered on the blog by her sister. So, there is a reward for Ka- information about Kathy's death, which was increased to $6,000, but the case is still unsolved, technically. So, wait, uh, the case was reopened in 2018? Yes. Uh, three... The year before the film came out. Uh, I think, I'm seeing the, the movie came out in 2017. Oh, did it? So, it's very possible that the movie came out and people are like, does this remind you of that movie that they're throwing yeah. Oscars at? Ooh, maybe we should reopen the case since everyone in the country's talking about it now. Yikes. Uh, so the family continues to remind the residents of Vidor about Kathy and take adverts out in the uh, local paper on her birthday. So James Fulton has spent more than $200,000 on the billboards and that could, they are on his property. So it's not like anyone can take them back. Yeah. But they continue to sit next to I-10, and he said in 2018 that he has no plans to remove them. Um, I mean, there's there's one way to do it. You could put 
put the guy who's responsible for it in jail. Exactly. So he's quoted saying, I've had signs by the freeway ever since I started putting them up and they'll stay there until I die. We can't go to the Vidor police because they're not going to do any nothing. Sorry. They're not going to do I know they're not going to do nothing. Everybody's saying to solve this case it has to be the Texas Rangers. To have someone come out from outside coming in and taking over. People driving through Vidor in the hope of pushing the police department into investigating his daughter's case further. The Steins Oh, we already told you that. <clears throat> oh, man, I got my pages all messed up. Sorry, everyone. Recalibrating. Ah. Do, do, do. This is why I should throw them on the floor. Yeah, that that card took me. I'm tracing over. Um. Oh yeah, here we go. He get he says I want people to know it's a sorry city and the sorry de- police department. Um. In an interview with Inside Edition, Police Chief Rod Carroll, the fifth since Kathy's murder, says that's not so. We've always had our person of interest. Uh He said, I can't go into the details what we determined to be the truth first rumor. I understand the family's frustration. I will be quite honest with you. I believe every victim cries for justice. Duh. Fulton, who visits his daughter's grave nearly every day, says he plans to keep using billboards as a way to keep the spotlight on his daughter, though. I won't last too much longer, he told uh, Beaumont Enterprise this year. There's one billboard he would love to be able to put up. If they want to solve this case, I can put a sign up here thanking them for doing it. Oh, so techni- heartbreaking. Yeah, technically, I think her mother's passed away, um, and then her daughter's passed away. But, um, yeah, I know that the case is technically reopened. It's not in the file with the rest of the cold cases. But, um, that's it. That's the three billboards outside of Vidor, Texas. Now, I I gotta say, like, um, among the many other episodes I've listened to in this podcast, some of which I've been on, like, there are mysteries that you, you have multiple suspects. You're like, Oh, maybe it could have been the kids. Maybe it could have been uh, the guy she met at the hotel. Maybe it could have been this police officer. It is like cut and dry, very clearly, tied up with a bow. It's the X. Just like on a silver platter, here you go. And it's just this decades-old miscarriage of justice of, well, we like the guy, so he gets a free pass at murder. And he's not even a good guy. No! He sent his kids off and... And, and, like, I can almost understand, like, it, I, I bet I'm preaching to the choir here, to the listeners of your podcast, but I think this is a prime example of defund the police. Mm-hmm. Like, it is very easy for, you said there are five police chiefs since her murder. 
for the second, third, fourth, or fifth police chief to go, yeah, there was some corruption before my time, and, and we're going to get to the bottom of this, and, and I see that there was some kind of deal that was struck before me, we're not going to let that happen anymore under my watch, and we're going to make sure this guy sees uh, some, that, that, you know, the victim sees, and her family sees some justice. And I'm just like, no, he's a cop, he, he also gets a free pass. Yeah. That's that's the the great injustice is because it's just like the whole line holding to be like even though we the people preceding me royally screwed up on actually putting away like a clear-cut murder case we're not gonna hurt their feelings by actually trying to do our jobs yeah it's just and of course we don't know what goes on behind closed doors but why not because they, they refuse to say. They just said, like, yeah. this is a case. We have our person of interest in a 20-something-year case, and you are literally standing in front of reporters who are asking you, then why haven't you done something about it in decades? And, like, and that's all I have to say goodbye and walk away from the podium. It's just, it's just monstrous. Good, yeah, it's not a good enough answer. I feel like there should be a certain amount of years in which those things should be able to be hidden, if that makes sense. Oh, that like um, there should be a uh, like freedom of information clause yeah. after for unsolved for mysteries. Cold, yeah, for cold cases. N- yeah, that's also like especially since I'm noticing like um, what is it the the Golden Gate? Uh, please help me. The Golden, Golden State Killer. The Golden State Killer was found by basically people who digging into files and finding. Yeah, not it. The police didn't necessarily like the police connections that they did. They didn't realize. Yeah, it's the same with um. Even though this is a much older solved case, the Ken yeah. and Barbie killers, they didn't know mm. that he um was also the Scarborough rapist. Yeah, I that feel he like, had escalated. I feel like going the route of making unsolved cases after a certain government considered limit like all the files are now in the public records are now yeah. available at the county courthouse if you want to check them out or something like that yeah um that kind of allows a little bit more of a democracy of the families being able to get the information of like what happened with the case yeah and being able to take legal action if they want to um rather than just like sitting on the files and saying well you can't see what the official information or who's worked on it yeah or any of that or if anyone's working on it because a lot of times how many times have we they're like someone's working on it and no one's worked on it in 20 years yeah yeah um there's a case that we will cover that is solved that uh another detective came in fresh eyes went over the case had they done what they were supposed to do in the first 48 um the young girl would have been found alive Oh, gosh. And I think about that case at least twice a week. <sighs> yes, my brain is filled with murder. Yeah, it's it's understandable. So, send us your thoughts, you know. Tweet Please. Everything. Uh, our Twitter is TalkAboutFacts, T-A-L-K-A-B-T-F-A-C-T-S. There's also our Instagram, and you can also email us at ltatfpodcast at gmail.com. I almost forgot our email. Well, that was a pretty somber story, and we're going to follow that up with, I went to Disney for the first time. Disneyland. It was very different than what I expected. Yeah. Uh, What did you think of the Magical Kingdom on your first visit? It looked a lot like a magical sidewalk. 
really. I mean, I saw. I mean, I wanted it. Like, the I eighth wonder of the world. It really wasn't though. Like, I, I, I. Sorry, Disneyland. Okay, um, but but you've been to theme parks before. No, I've only been to Universal. Is, oh, okay. You, how does I, it? How I, does it stack up compared to maybe not theme parks, but amusement, state fairs, no. large attractions. The only one I've really been to. Well, okay, so I went to Celebration City once, and that no longer exists. Um. Which never made sense to me because that was the better park that I've ever been to. It was literally all rides and that's it. Um, but, and I've been to a couple fairs, but it's not quite like that. I felt like Disney was a lot of walking. So much walking. So much walking. We did 16 walking. miles. Yep. And we did a lot of... Um, we Mind did, you, we were ambitious. We, we were we very ambitious. All, like all the major stops. We hit all of the rides we wanted to hit. Yep. Um, that, and and uh, to be honest, I've I've been to Disney several times, and what we accomplished in that one day is the last time I went to Disneyland, we spread it out over two days because yeah. it was so much. Um, I feel like okay, don't hate me, everyone. Well, the one the tram way up, we had to walk, so it was already for, for safety regulations, yeah. and I get that. And I'm not mad about it. I actually think it's stupid to have a tram for that. I feel like there should be another way to shuttle people from parking to Disney than, like, why is it not a trolley system? That would be adorable. Like, a motorized um, trolley system that uses uh, solar technology. A trolley would make sense for Disneyland. It would look normal. And it would never stop running. And it would be open air. Here in California, um, it doesn't rain. So the fact that there there's like an out-of-date bus system to get you there is just so foolish to me. Use a freaking trolley that goes around in a circle and takes you there and back and there and back. And you can get on and get off at whatever rate. Yeah, that uh, the, the killer thing is you finish your day at Disneyland and then you have to walk like a mile to get back to your parking lot, not let alone your car. And I am not exactly the most healthy of people, and so I was in excruciating pain by the time that we got back. Yeah. Uh, all of my joints were screaming, and... Uh-huh. But, um, anyway, sorry, back to Magic Kingdom. But Disneyland! Disneyland. When we first walked in, is what I expected, except mm. it smelled like sewage, and... A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. There, there were a few, uh, uh, people eat a lot of food there, and they go to the bathroom there, too. Yeah, but, like... Everyone says it smells like cookies. I feel like there was a broken sewage pipe somewhere. There, there, it, there are definitely some moments, yeah. And it was like big old farts. Uh, and... It probably wasn't uh, uh, fortuitous for you that you are uh, allergic to pineapple. Nope. And uh, one of the confections that everyone is that specifically loves about Disneyland, you can get churros at like all kinds of amusement you parks. Never got a churro. We didn't get churros. We I think were so that busy. was probably why we were just like, eh, it, it wasn't the, the most magical kingdom on earth because we didn't stop for churros. But, there was a rite of passage we missed. Um, but uh, is the uh, Dole Whip? Everyone's like, you have to get Dole Whip, and you're just like, that. That is a cup of death. No, thank you, please. I am deathly allergic to pineapple. And... She ain't kidding. It's like, and I talked to one of the the Disney people, and I was like, just be honest, is it safe from cross-contamination? He was like, don't do it. Nope. 
so, and he's just like, no, no, n- nothing, nothing from this entire area of the restaurant. Maybe you can get something over there. So we got bow buns, and they were delicious. They were. Um, but I just expected there were certain areas that were perfect, like over by Jungle Cruise, and yes, yeah, um, Adventureland's so much fun. Like the Haunted Mansion was everything Perfection. I wanted it to Perfection. be. I had so much fun, but there was a lot of areas where we were walking, and it was really boring, like visually. Um, like, especially over in Star Wars Land, it just feels really incomplete. Well, that, that's definitely, like, the newest... Well, no, there was Avengers Campus. That's probably their newest I was, thing that yeah, they I, was, I wasn't thrilled with Avengers Campus, and, like, we didn't We didn't spend a heck of a lot of time there. But there was nothing to do. There, there's there's the we Spider-Man, did Spider-Man ride, which was tons of fun, and I recommend it, even though it was the longest wait we've had to experience. But, yeah, oh, uh, we waited 25 minutes. Yeah. Which, we uh, had a god run of Disneyland. Like we, we rated the we longest, it was like twenty minutes. Yeah, and then um, and everything else was like ten minutes and under. Which I feel like some people listening are to us gather at Disneyland are just like, you didn't have to wait an hour for Haunted Mansion. What's wrong with you? I know every we lucked single, out. We lucked yeah, out. every single one of you want to stab me right now. Um, it is the first time I've been, and probably will be the only time I've gone for what another year or two. Yeah, that sounds safe, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I told my, my older brother, Robert, which all of you should be familiar with if you've listened to other yep. episodes, um, that he was like, okay, we're having a co- corona surge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, beers? And he was like, shut up. Because um, he's like, you could say COVID surge, but corona surge. He's like, why are you going to Disneyland? And I was like, I'm going to die at Disneyland. I, <laughs> I'm going to die at Disneyland. I want to be that statistic and yeah which we are doing a disneyland episode now that i've gone Ooh, um, ooh, ooh! exciting yeah, yeah don't th- worry we're calling blies it's gonna be the three of us because we all went nice. together nice there's some good there's some good uh there's some wild stories there's some wild stories and there's some even wilder creepypastas that are out there we if you gotta find do them. it well, don't worry yeah. guys we're gonna tell you all about all about it but what i find so interesting about the avenger campus is that there's like Okay, so Tower of Terror used to be... I saw the TV... It's not a TV movie. It's like a movie movie um, with Steve Gutenberg and Kirsten Dunst. And I loved that movie. Gave me nightmares. It's wild. I could not find it streaming anywhere. I found it on YouTube of all places. Not to Hmm. rent, just to watch. And um, that's, you know, the old Guardians of the Galaxy. So I finally got to do the ride, right? Guardians of the Galaxy was a blast, but I yeah. knew that it so was so much screaming, so much fun. I was cackling like a maniac. Uh, I was, I was shouting nonstop, and I, and I, I think I spent a good amount of time saying because there were some people in in our group that like I met for the first time that day, and I'm just like, look, there are some words that are coming coming out of my mouth. I'm gonna sound like uh, a screaming idiot. I I apologize that you're gonna see this side of me, and everyone else was like, "Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm going to be the screaming screaming crazy person." No, we and, were like competing, and I don't think anyone heard each other screaming crazily because we could only hear ourselves. It was just bananas. Yeah, yeah, but I do think our picture of us at the top, like, oh, so good. Yep. Um, but I think the most fun about it, yeah, because we hadn't met a like a couple of the people. 
that we had met for the first time and it was delightful because we were all of the same composure of oh we're socially anxious but also we are very very much into it yeah yeah um nobody like we go hard into it Mm -hmm. so um nobody was like feeling like oh i'm sorry i'm really into this it's just rides of skywalk like when we yeah. get rides of the resistance we mm-hmm. <laughs> no we were into it and yeah, that that ride was that was the first time i was on the rise of resistance ride and, and no spoilers maybe my favorite ride on the whole disneyland lot i cried i also I, cried in like star tours so if anyone needs me hmm. to explain why i cry in star wars i will um just, just humming the first few bars always gets me. Um, also, uh, I'm a Sith for the fashion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't I understand that Obi Wan can drop his cloak like none other? But tell me one single Sith that isn't the Emperor, which who I'm dethroning. Let's Blah. be honest. I mean that that's kind of what the Emperor does. He he sits on the throne. And you're like let's let's throw literally throw him off the throne. But please. everybody else has such fashion like grievous he's just collecting lightsabers i need i that's blight yeah that's blight yeah she got a lightsaber there like i mean it was delightful i got to because blythe was getting building her own lightsaber for her birthday and i got to watch her do that and it was so good like the effort they put into doing everything in the star wars village was wonderful um yeah so I guess it wasn't as like there's magic there. I think it's yeah. it's part of um may I put this question to you as someone who has worked in the service industry, in the customer service industry, in food, retail, that kind of side. Yeah. That you could see on the other side of it and just go, Oh man, all these people are working real hard to like deal with entitled American tourists. Jesus. And, and that that vibe just radiated to you, and you're just like, oh, I, I'm, yeah, I I'm not smelling the cookie smell. I'm smelling all of these people with these big smiles going, "Have a Disney day!" Oh my god, I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's it. It's like I I can't enjoy the like luster of like mm-hmm. what Disney says it is, but at the same time, but I... like it, imagine if you went as a kid and you went to like. Um, Sleeping Beauty's Castle and the merry-go-round for the first time, and you had like characters see you dressed up and not not like as say Ursula or something, and go, "Ooh, look at you! You're the most bewitching witch of the sea." It would make your life. Yeah, I would be upset that they weren't scared of me, and and then maybe one of them would be scared of you. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did see a couple characters, but not really. Yeah, I think it was just like we. Um, and also, I like wasn't that into. True, true, and and there, there's a specific uh, I only wanted... restaurant you can go to. Oh, the Blue Bayou. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, there's the Blue Bayou, but there's a specific restaurant n- near um, uh, Main Street where you specifically dine there in order to have them come up to you, to your kids and talk to them. I think we oh. saw Goofy from a distance and Donald from a distance and Mulan. And... And um oh I miss Mulan. I oh. saw Mulan. Um I do think that the characters were overrated, but that's me as a very, very jaded old woman who's worked in entertainment. Um My honestly my favorite characters are the are the ones who are not quote unquote in costumes. Well um, I didn't see Doctor Facilier and I wanted <laughs> Okay, the ones I wanted to see, Doctor Facilier, I wanted Kylo Ren to ask me where the Jedi were. You missed were. that. Yeah, that would have been he so much fun. He wasn't there. Wasn't okay. There. 
And then my best, um, my, my, I did get to see Loki and our friend Kay said, uh, come fight me like the man you say you are. And he's like, I'm not a man. And I was like, best answer. Um, yep. Yep. That was, that was great. That was fantastic. That was incredible. And he was really, and he did it with the Loki smile, Loki grinned, like I'm grinning down at you. And he wasn't, I'm no mortal. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't in, um loki show costume he was in loki avengers costume correct yeah, yeah and yeah. that was even better um yeah. what let's see and then we saw captain america from behind which that's america's ass so that's all you need that's and all you need that's all you need to know yeah yeah definitely that was definitely padded i mean i've watched how much rupaul you know uh, uh th- th- there's a there's a video out there and um i, I am th- this is one of the things that makes me love the internet that uh people pointing out that they thought that America's ass and Daredevil's ass looked very similar. And someone did the research and found out that the stunt double for Chris Evans and Charlie, Bless, Cox? And Charlie Cox were in fact the same person and in fact the same ass. Nice! And, and I, I just love that someone like not only did the research but put together a video to share this information with random people like me. And just like... Thank you, you internet investigators. You're lovely. Well, the one I saw at Disney was padded. Probably, probably that that butt was probably padded. Yeah, um, yeah. you can tell. That's a reputation. You you got to literally gotta... uphold. And also, that's just industry. We just know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you know, you know. Yep. Um, let's see. My favorite rides were, of course, Haunted Mansion. The best. A girl's got a vibe. Yep. Um, also speaking of. Well, Guardians, of course, not because it was Guardians, but because the drop was so much fun. So much. I do wish it was still Tower of Terror. Yeah, yeah, and that that fits more into your vibe of like yes. haunted. Um, and I, and it's it's that's something that I would love to see is to see Disney like the way that they've made a movie or out of like practically every ride is that if they could actually have a horror franchise well they did they made tower of terror and now they well they pretend it doesn't even exist find it on youtube people thank steve gutenberg for whatever the fuck that was (laughs) because i'm not sure what that performance was someone tweet me and tell me what you think because (laughs) i had a delightful time and so many questions uh kirsten dunst made art with what she had as she always does as she as always she, does yeah. I, I i can never say i can't think of a single kirsten dunst movie i've ever seen and not been thrilled with yeah. my experience yeah she brings um, it every time drop dead gorgeous being my fave and yeah no it was an interview with a vampire all of you back up drop dead gorgeous best movie she's been in um and then let's see what else. I was let down by Pirates of the Caribbean because I did have higher expectations. Well, uh, if you knew the, if you watch the movie and you go on the ride, you're like, how? I was like, what? How is this not a roller coaster? How is this like? Just- I definitely, th- I expected, I de- like, I, I don't know what I expected, but it wasn't that. And I think part of it is that like they they have now had a franchise and a series, and those movies have so much action and so much mythology. And if yeah. you just think like the first movie was inspired by the ride, and there are a handful of Easter eggs from the ride in the first movie, 
that that can kind of yeah pre-wet your expectations but i didn't tell you that because i didn't want to say like hey this ride actually kind of sucks compared to the movie so oh no it just felt like a lazy <laughs> Lower your expectations it felt like a lazy river which i'm not mad what? about i'm not mad about it i had a good time yep um also sometimes you just need a ride to chill out and that's that's what that one is yeah uh what other ones did i really love um star tours please go on star tours that was delightful c3po i love you um there was another one that looked like delightful oh we talked about mr toad uh yeah that was uh thank you for taking me to hell that one scarred me as a child scarred me I know there's a lot of media that has scarred me as a child and I'm delighted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by it now. I'm like, oh my god, I remember when that happened and now I'm so thankful. Um, well, we were on a whirlwind and I feel like on certain rides, uh, it, it's corny AF, but um, sometimes uh, people will greet you at the end of the ride and will make a terrible pun. Like, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember what the guy said the last time we, we did Mr. Toad, but it was... Um, like, hope you had a hellishly good time, or, <laughs> like, something, uh, and, and there's another one that ends with a kablam, and, uh, the person greeting you as you get out of the cart says, oh, I hope you had a blast! Um. Oh, was that the Incredicoaster? Not the Incredicoaster. Because that was amazing. Um, I, I think the, uh, I it was on the other that. side of the park next to the Matterhorn. Corner. We didn't go on it. It was the, um. Oh, the Splash Mountain? Uh, no, um, uh, Alice in Wonderland ride. We didn't go on that? No, it, it was another one like Mr. Toad, where it was just like a very quick jaunt through the story of the movie. There are dozens, dozens of rides that are just that over and over. I we, was... did, we didn't go on the heckin' uh, aerial under the water. Yeah, under the so sea we one. did Disney Bound. I was, of course, Vanessa slash Ursula because I wasn't painting my ass purple. Um, so I was Vanessa, but looking Ursula. Uh, we had Nate as Scuttle, which makes so much sense. I had a little uh, dingle hopper. Uh, tied around my neck as a necklace. Uh, Blythe was our resident Ariel. And then we decided to do direct to VHS. Mm, um, yeah. Melody was our friend Kay. And then our friend Raish was uh, Morgana. And then we, we had uh, another friend, Matt, who was the narrator for coming soon to vhs (laughs) the the, the point where you rush up to your tv is like turn the volume down i'm trying yes but also coming now to vhs and home so loud so loud but ironically matt is not loud at all but does look like shooter mcgavin and takes the best photos of all time. I was busy, like, on the ride, had no idea when the camera was coming, my boobs in my face, and, like, over here you got Matt looking like Shooter McGavin, and I'm upset. But, <laughs> yep, here we are. So that was our Disney adventure. Feel free to tweet questions or just make fun of me for being an idiot. Um, I think I only made it out with nine bruises. Only nine? Yeah, I'm wow. still, like, you see, I'm still healing. I uh I definitely needed like three days to get rid of that sunburn. Did you have a sunburn? Oh yeah, I was bright red. For I coated two days. you in sunscreen like I know me. twice, twice. I and came out with a mild tan. I am a pasty Irishman down at heart. I am part Irish. Uh, I'm part Irish, part Swiss, part Scottish. Basically, I belong on a mountain, uh, with with cloud cover everywhere I go. With 
yodeling. Yep. And uh, which makes perfect sense for me to live in uh, Southern California. I've got like the nicest tan right now. Ugh. But anyway, yeah, I bruised up. And then when I went to take my shoes off, I had like this like thick layer of like dirt. Yep. But yeah, so as always, feel free to tweet. And maybe next time we'll tell you how I feel about Star Wars. Oh. <laughs> we'll see you again. After I write another episode, this has been Let's Talk About the Facts and a segue of Let's Talk About the Disney Trip. I am your host, Elizabeth Fury, and with me today was my dog, Amy, and Nate Ruger. Uh, if you care to bug me on the internet, you can find me at Nate Ruger on Twitter and at Nate Ruger Makes Movies on Instagram. That's R-U-E-G-G-E-R. And also, sometimes if you hear someone screaming in Los Angeles, California, that means we're watching a scary movie. And and that that's me screaming. And you might think, is that a small boy watching his first horror film? No, it's me watching my nine million horror film. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one who's explaining to him, oh, look at the beautiful use of goo. And I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and go, oh, that goo is pretty good. And then screaming at the top of my lungs. <laughs> we'll see you next time.